Welcome to Charity Talks. I'm Brooke Denefsky, and today I spoke with Whitney Flanagan from the Conservation Fund. The Conservation Fund protects America's most critical lands and water to provide greater access to nature, strengthen local economies, and enhance climate resiliency. As Whitney discusses, the fund does this through a variety of programs focused on land and water conservation, wildlife preservation, and community development. I was really impressed by all the areas in which the fund operates and is making an impact, and I think you'll be too. Welcome to Charity Talks. I'm Brooke Tanevsky, and today I'm speaking with Whitney Flanagan, the Marketing and Communications Director for the Conservation Fund. Whitney, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Could you start by telling us a little bit about your background and how you came to the Conservation Fund? Absolutely. Um, So I was born and raised in southern Appalachia in eastern Tennessee. And it's a place of really great beauty, mountains surrounding where I grew up and rivers and streams everywhere. But it was actually a place that looking back, I feel like I really took for granted. I didn't really grow up in a household that was, we were avid outdoorsmen. Um, And it really wasn't until later in life that whenever I was in college that I really started exploring nature and kind of my own backyard in East Tennessee and beyond. I started backpacking in in college and uh, had some pretty interesting experiences early on that I didn't enjoy so much, backpacking in the rain and, you know, learning to enjoy that. And I I really think it was on a trip to when I hiked Mount Washington in New Hampshire that things just kind of clicked for me. And I began seeing nature and my connection with it as a must-have, not a like to have or should you know and um ever since then i've moved around quite a lot from tennessee to washington dc santa fe new mexico and now denver colorado and wherever i am whether it's a local pocket park or if it's the rocky mountains um nature nearby is something really important to me and it's with that passion that i work for the conservation fund And what is the Conservation Fund's mission? The Conservation Fund has a really unique mission. Um, It's a dual charter mission for both environmental protection and economic development. We were founded about 36 years ago by a gentleman named Patrick Noonan. And he was formerly the president and actually the youngest president ever of the Nature Conservancy. And he won a MacArthur Genius Grant and used the proceeds to start the Conservation Fund as this unique environmental nonprofit with with that mission. So we really work to prove that conservation and market-driven solutions work together. Yeah, and the Conservation Fund has helped permanently preserve more than 8 million acres of land. So can you discuss how it does this? Sure, we do it in a variety of ways. Most Typically, we work with our partners um, all around the United States. So our partners being government, state, local agencies, land trust partners, um, and communities. 
to identify the areas of conservation with the highest of highest priority and value. And we have an internal process of really vetting those projects well to make sure that they align with our with our mission and again are of the highest conservation value. And then we we work with our partners to um, help them finance um, and ultimately protect these important lands. Yeah, and I know you do a lot of different things. So in addition to conserving land, the Conservation Fund also engages in cultural conservation. For example, it helped preserve properties connected to Harriet Tubman, the former slave who then led other slaves to freedom through the Underground Railroad. So can you just tell us a little bit about the fund's cultural conservation work? Because I think that's a really interesting concept. The fund does prioritize the preservation of historic places and places of, of cultural significance. Those stories are irreplaceable stories of our nation's history. And we take a lot of pride in being able to, um, again, work with our partners to identify the lands that are at great risk for development. And I mean, it, it is, it's hard to imagine that there's landscapes that are out there that are related to Underground Railroad that are at risk for development that could potentially be turned into condominiums. And it's, it is our a high priority for us to ensure that America's history is told in perpetuity. And I know that the Conservation Fund is also involved with something called aquaculture. So can you tell us what that is and what the fund does in this regard? Sure. Um, as part of our dual charter mission, um, again, for economic development and environmental protection, we launched a program in, in the late 1980s it's called our Freshwater Institute. Um, and our Freshwater Institute is a unique branch of the organization, a unique program of the Conservation Fund. And it was established to, um, to improve water quality, but also to uh, essentially grow fish on land and most often in areas that aren't even near an ocean. Um, and so this technology, we started out in um, trying to perfect the technology, you know, with a hypothesis that this can be done and would be of great economic and environmental value to the world and have since proven that the science works and um, we have worked with partners all over the world to help them set up aquaculture, recirculating aquaculture systems um, that grow all types of fish. And we've also worked with groups to help get those fish on the market so that consumers are able to um, have, a, have a more viable and reliable source of protein um, that, that doesn't come from our oceans because that, that source is becoming harder and harder to um, secure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it sounds like, would you say that technology and science in general plays a pretty essential role in what the Conservation Fund does? Specifically with the aquaculture industry, it absolutely does play play a, a leading role. Um, I think what makes us unique as an organization is that it 
it's, it's really the free market enterprise and conservation. Those two things at play that make us very unique. Yeah, I was going to bring up because I think it's interesting because the conservation fund really deviates from traditional methods of conservation in a lot of regards. And I think that's what really separates it. So can you just kind of elaborate a little bit more on some of the different ways that deviates from these methods? So the conservation fund, our approach to what I guess would be traditional conservation um, is different in that we don't view our work as a a one and done, kind of preserve it and walk away and hope that um, it's conserved forever and it isn't necessarily used. Our method of conservation is a very proactive form of conservation in that we want the public to benefit from the work. You know, whether it's through it is land, water, and wildlife conservation, but we also do work, we generate jobs that advance conservation through our work. We work inside cities to make them more vibrant and livable, um, protecting pieces of land within cities that are um, can flood prone neighborhoods to help mitigate the impact of of flooding. And we also create really innovative models. So that's kind of what we're known for is really being creative entrepreneurial group of people who are consistently looking ahead at the challenges that nature is presenting us with and how we can address those with our brand of uh, conservation. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And I know that the Conservation Fund is also involved in wildlife protection. So can you discuss some of the current wildlife-related projects? Yeah. um, One of our latest projects that is pretty exciting is um, there is a project in Delaware. It's on Miss Pillion Harbor. And there's a stretch of shoreline that is absolutely essential for these little birds. They're tiny little birds and they're called red knots. And they make a really, they have a really long migration route. And when they stop, it's really important that they have land to stop on and food to eat in order to make their journey north um, and, and then again back south. And so we have worked a years long effort to protect a portion of this land in the Mississippian Harbor of Delaware to ensure that these birds do in fact have a, this specific place that they, they go to every single year and they time it when the, there's crabs there for them to eat. And so it's, it, nature is all planned out without us you know, having much to do with it. it and um, it was just an amazing thing to, to have finally accomplished a few months back after all of these years. Um, and to see those see those amazing birds come and mig- migrate through and to know that that land is f- forever protected for them. Yeah, I think that's amazing because clearly we've seen recently it's so easy for habitats to be destroyed. So I think it's amazing that you all are working to really consciously help out all these different living creatures, which aren't always taken care of. And I know that the fund is also involved in sustainable community development, and you kind of addressed how it takes a unique approach to protect both nature as an economic and community asset. So can you describe some of the sustainable development projects that you do? 
Yeah, I would love to talk about a project that's like, it's very near and dear to my heart. It's um, a program, actually. It's called our Working Farms Fund. And it was started as an, um, from an innovation grant that we received a few years back. And it addresses food insecurity that is happening. And I think this is something that's really interesting to, it should be interesting to most everyone because we're all consumers of food. Um, and this is, this is one example of how we are taking action to help with the food insecurity all around the country. So it's, it's a pilot program at this point. We started in Atlanta, Georgia, and it's getting ready to expand to Chicago. But the challenge that it's trying, this program is trying to solve is this. Farmland outside of major cities is getting developed because of sprawl. Populations growing. 80% of people or more now live in urban centers all around the U.S. And those same people want access to fresh, healthy, and local food. So if the farms are getting bought up and they're getting developed, that makes that a very big challenge, especially as we look to the future. And so this model that we developed, the Working Farms Fund, serves as a, a solution to that problem. The average age of an American farmer is nearly 60 years old, which is another challenge. So the farmers who are looking to sell their land, they have to sell it to you know someone who's interested in purchasing the land and um, farming. So what we learned through this process is that there's a whole new generation of farmers who are are already working in the industry, who are passionate about farming and farming into the future for their livelihoods and for their communities. But access to land is a huge problem. Having that capital uh, to just purchase a farm is just something that's very hard to come by. And it's something that banks don't typically loan yeah. money for, you know? Um, and so our approach through the Working Farms Fund is, is this. So we identify farmers who are looking to sell just at-risk farms on the edge of uh, the Atlanta suburbs. Um, we acquire the mid-sized farm that's facing this threat of conversion. And then we work with this next generation farmer or farmers to create pathways to land access through a lease-to-own contract, and then we we help them. It's like a support system. It's yeah. Like, back to your original question. So we're working in communities to make them more sustainable. We have a whole whole network of people who are in the same in the same system. You know, the older farmers who have all the experience, the younger farmers who have have experience but you know need access to markets. Um, so we coordinate with the local services for our farmers um, and partners and, um, and with government agencies. Then we ultimately sell a conservation easement on the farm for permanent protection of that land, which means that it will never be anything else than a farm. It protects it from development. And then we sell the underlying fee to a farmer at agricultural for agricultural use and then it's a cycle so once that is that cycle is complete we roll proceeds any overhead that we've gotten any into the next farm so it's a process that it just never stops we use those funds again and again 
Um, and our goal is to protect 200 farms, 20,000 acres outside of the city of Atlanta, which may not seem like a ton of of acreage, but if you think about it, it's yeah. it's quite a lot for right outside of a city. Definitely. And we're making some really good progress. Yeah, and I think it's amazing how you act as that sort of bridge between different generations who are interested but may not have the resources or knowledge to get involved. So I think that's great, too. Thank you. Can you tell us about the Working Forest Fund? As one of our more innovative conservation models, we created the Working Forest Fund as a way to address the loss of America's large, intact working forest. We're actually predicted to lose around 37 million acres of forest in the coming decades. And that number is really hard to visualize. But if you think about your hometown and you think about that football field in the middle of it, it's 37 million times that size that we're getting ready to lose over again the coming decades and what makes this so such an important thing to address the loss of this forest land is because they are most important natural land ecosystems for the climate crisis they absorb 60 times more carbon than any other natural land solution And protecting forests from fragmentation and conversion is an immediate, actionable way to remove carbon dioxide dioxide from the atmosphere. Um, And the Conservation Fund has been a pioneer in this area. Uh, For the past 10 years, we've protected nearly, we're approaching about a million acres, um, protected of working forest, forest land. And we've that means we've stored 180 billion tons of carbon. Um, our aspirations in this area are really high. We, we really want to protect 5 million acres of the highest conservation value forest. Um, and we believe we could do it with the support of our partners and investors and, uh, and folks beside, beside us in this process. Do you have any specific personal experiences that you can discuss about how the Conservation Fund has positively impacted a personal, a particular community? Yeah, I can, I can speak to the Conservation Fund's impact in, in a uh, community that I was very familiar with in East Tennessee. My first job out of college, I worked for a pretty small newspaper in a town in a town called Irwin, Tennessee, and, and uh, the county was Unicorn County. Um, at that time, it was probably 2005 or 2006, the, there was a private landowner who was selling approximately 10,000 acres of land, and the potential buyer would have been the U.S. Forest Service. And the, the group in the middle Again, I'm working for a newspaper. I'm not, at this time, I'm not working for the conservation fund. Was the, the group in the middle was the conservation fund, and they, as we as we typically do, were looking to provide that bridge financing because oftentimes our agency partners, whether government, federal, local, state, don't have funds in hand to just 
go to the landowner, yeah. pay for it in cash. So we provide that bridge financing right in the middle. Um, so there was controversy in, in the town at the time because people had opinions about whether or not the land should be developed um, and bring more people to the area, develop it with housing, or if the U.S. Forest Service should get it. Um, and and uh, being part of a newspaper, um, it was an interesting time because it, it was like, all, it was in the media a lot. It was a small town and it was a big deal. And the, it, the personal impact that I saw happen over the course of what ended up being years, actually. So I saw this project beginning, like its roots, um, and then moved to Washington, D.C. and ended up working for the Conservation Fund when this project was still happening. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it was a really full circle moment. But the Conservation Fund's approach is a really good one in that we don't step into communities and dis- decide what should happen. We work really closely with the community to to make sure it's in their best interest. Like, this is a big conservation project. And we were able to work with uh, members of the community to identify opportunities to make this purchase of land for the first Forest Service and parts of it for the state as a real tourist attraction to draw people to um, their town and stay and spend money. And they were able to identify opportunities we helped them with. So creating a farmer's market, bolstering the tourism industry around the 1.5 acres of Appalachian Trail that went through that area and, and so much more. But what's so wonderful, again, in a full circle way, is looking back at that project and, and seeing that that worry at the beginning with with what would happen and now see it in this wonderful spot and so it's a place that my family is called rocky fork if anybody's interested in going northeast tennessee um but my family is there and they hike and it's just such a special thing to think about how that process worked and that it's that place is always going to be there now and the community worked worked alongside of us to make it happen Yeah, and so clearly the Conservation Fund is doing so much great work. So how can those who want to help best do so? So the Conservation Fund works domestically in the United States. Um, That makes us a bit different than our competitors as well. And we do not have a membership base, and this was intentional when we were founded. Um, Membership bases, they're expensive to maintain and I think something I want people to really know is that the Conservation Fund, when you are a supporter of us, you can trust that over 95% of your donation is going to go directly towards our mission. And that's just that's money in the ground. We also don't have an endowment. And so those dollars are continuously working in our projects, um, rolling over from project to project, conserving acre after acre across America. Uh, what people can do is I think get to know us, learn more about the Conservation Fund at conservationfund.org and sign up for our newsletter. There's a newsletter sign up on our homepage and in various places on our website, but you'll get monthly updates about our success stories and things you should know about that we're doing all across the country. Um, And 
I think that would be a great way for people to get started to know us. Yeah, and lastly, is there anything else that you'd like to add about the Conservation Fund, your work, or really just a final remark before we go? We are at a really pivotal point in our state of the world. And our current land use and our natural resources are just, they're narrowing. And the opportunities for conserving them for future generations continue to narrow as well. Um, and while that, that situation seems dire, and, and it is, we have a lot of solutions that are viable and really important to support. And I want people to know that there is hope and that they should get to know groups like the Conservation Fund to learn why. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. The Conservation Fund is really remarkable and just how many areas is making this impact. So I really hope that people listening decide to help out and support in any way possible. Thank you so much.